What's up, church? How you guys doing? It is good to see you guys today. Yay. We are in a series. Welcome, everybody. We're so glad you're here. We're continuing in our series called Show Your Strength. And so we're in part three today. So if you have your Bibles and you want to open them up to the book of Judges, chapter 14. All right, cool. So if you were here last week, you heard Pastor Ibai share part one when we kicked off our series of Show Your Strength, we, um, we talked about a guy named Samson. And we're going to look at him again today. We're going to look at him from a different perspective. If you were here uh, during part one of our series, Samson, we learned, was a guy that from birth was set apart. He had been called and he had been chosen by God for a specific purpose, to help the people of God bring about a huge deliverance of God's people from the oppressive hand of the Philistines. And so God gave this man supernatural strength. Even if you've never read the Bible, you probably have heard of Samson. I mean, his strength is legendary. And not only his strength, but also his weaknesses. He had so much potential, more potential than you could ever imagine. And the problem is that like so many of us, even though he, Samson, had great potential, even though he had God's hand on him, he continued to make some self-destructive decisions again and again and again that destroyed, actually, his life. In fact, we summarized his life in part one with saying, Samson, dot, dot, should've, would've, could've, but just didn't. Should've, would've, could've, but just didn't, if you remember. Samson, he had, we, we talked about in part one, three postures that sap your strength, that take your strength. And they were, number one was the pride. Pride is something that saps your strength. And he was also full of lust. Samson, he left his town. He crossed into enemy's territory, the Philistines. He saw a woman. And what did he say? He said, I want her. I have to have it. Do you remember? We talked about that during part one. Where it's, My precious, I'm going to get it no matter what. I want it. And then we saw that he had a spirit of entitlement. He broke a Nazarite vow, touched the dead lion. Anybody remember this? Yeah, a little bit. And he grabbed a handful of honey, and he said, I deserve this. And then finally, that spirit of pride. When he wasn't supposed to have any alcohol, what did he do? He went, he threw himself a cake party, right, at his wedding, and he thought, you know what? I can handle it. I got this. I'm good now. And we watched as this strong man became very, very weak. And we're going to look again this week at another one of his vulnerabilities. If you're taking notes, here's the key thought for today. The key thought is this. Samson was emotionally driven, not spiritually led. Samson was emotionally driven, there it is, but not spiritually led. So everybody, can you say that with me? Samson was? So for those of you who are followers of Christ, one of the big problems is that we should be led by the Spirit in all that we do. But so often, we are led and driven by our emotions. And the challenge is that we don't like to think of ourselves as emotional or sensitive. I know I don't. I, Abdi, you're being so sensitive. What? Get away from me. We're, we're okay with describing other people as being emotional, right? But not us. We are strong. And the reality is that we're all emotional, and emotions are given by God. They're not a bad thing. We just shouldn't be driven by them. Can somebody say yes? yes? And so the problem is that so many of us, because 
of our emotions, we often act and do the ungodly thing rather than being led by the Spirit. And so we want to do what's right, but our emotions take over. And so today's title of our talk is, I Get So Emotional. You might have heard the song. Yes, and so the problem for Samson and so many of us is that we are emotionally driven, not spiritually led. And so let's watch it play out in Samson's life. If you missed week one, let me just catch you up. So he went and he pursued a woman that was a Philistine who worshipped a false god, and he said, you know, I want to marry her. I don't care what God says. I don't care what my dad says. I don't care what my, my mom says. I'm going to marry her. And so we pick up the story, and he's kind of like at, this, at his bachelor party, right? He decided to throw this party, and so he gets on the stage, and the wedding's about to, to go down. And because she's a Philistine woman, there are Philistines all around invited to the wedding, right? And so he's hanging out with 30 Philistines who were God's people's enemies. Let's not miss that part, okay? And so he says to these 30 men, I got a riddle for you guys. If you can figure this out, I, I have a riddle, all right? Let me tell you a little riddle. Let's have a battle of the wits, if you will. Let's put a little wager on it, okay? And so, and so he makes this really unwise bet. He says, all right, he, makes, he says um, to 30 men, I'll bet you 30 pieces of linen and 30 pieces of clothing that I can win this bet, that you guys won't be able to figure this out and you're going to lose, which is really not a smart thing to do because he's betting 30 men, 30 pieces of linen. He's got to come up, if he loses the bet, with 30 pieces. They just have to come up with one piece each. So it's already a lopsided bet, but he does it anyways. And he says, all right, I'll give you seven days to figure this out. So as, of, as if this bet already isn't lopsided, he gives them seven days to figure this out. And here's the riddle. Now again, if you're familiar with week one or you're familiar with the story of Samson, you might remember what kind of animal did Samson kill. Do you guys remember? He killed a what? With his bare hands. A what? A lion, right. And what did he do? He stuck his hand in the, li the dead lion's mouth and he pulled out what? Some honey, right? He pulled out, even though his vow as a Nazarite, he had taken this Nazarite vow, he wasn't supposed to touch anything dead. He broke his vow and, in order to scoop out this honey, all right? So here, what it says in chapter 14 of the book of Judges, verse 14, he says this to the Philistine men. Here's the riddle. Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. What's he talking about? He's talking about the lion and the honey, right? The strong. What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And so Samson is furious in this. He, 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 he gives them days to figure this out. Verse 18, before sunset, hold on, where are we? Um, out of the, okay, here we go. Yeah, just, sorry. So for three days, scripture says that the Philistines men, they couldn't, they couldn't give them the answer. They were trying to figure it out. They couldn't figure it out. And so finally, they got very desperate. They got very angry. And they went over to the woman that was about to be wed to Samson, and they spoke to her, and they're like, tell us the answer to this riddle, and she's like, he won't even tell me, and they're like, trick him, do whatever you got to do, and so she pulls out her favorite secret that a lot of us pull out when we're desperate, what do we do? We use our tears, and so we use our tears, that's what she does, she starts crying, she pulls out her secret weapon, and she, and she pulls out the secret weapon, and finally, after days, the Bible says after seven days, she cried, you don't love me, you don't love me, Samson, now mind you, she had been threatened by the Philistines that if you don't figure out this riddle, you know what we're going to do to you? We're going to burn you alive and your family. And so she doesn't really have much of a choice, right? She's got to kind of figure this out because her life depends on it. 
So verse 18, before sunset on the seventh day, the men of the town said to Samson, and here's the answer, what is sweeter than honey, what is stronger than a lion? And so Samson is furious because he had acquiesced. She was crying for all these days, and he finally told her the secret. She was the only one that he had told the secret to. And so he knows what happened. And so he's very upset. They figured out the riddle. And so he lost the bet. And he shouldn't have made the wager in the first place, but he did it, right? And so we're going to watch as Samson, he caves into a weakness that so many of us battle with. Rather than responding by the Spirit of God, he reacts emotionally. He is emotionally driven, not spiritually led. And so watch as he falls victim to two emotions that often take us and take even me, all right? So the first one, if you're taking notes, is anger. Number one is anger. Samson burned with anger. Verse 19, the middle of that verse, it says, Samson went down to Ashkelon, struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of their belongings, and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. And so he went and he took 30 pieces of 30 innocent men, stripped them of their clothes, killed them for their clothing. What does the Bible say? Say these next three words with me. Scripture says what? See it up there? Burning with anger. He went up to his father's house. So in other words, the day of his wedding, this is the day of his wedding. Samson is there earlier, but then he leaves. All right? He leaves verse 20. And Samson's wife was given to the friend who had attended him at his wedding. Now you might say, wait, what? How did that just happen? Well, this is what happened. The day of his wedding, Samson's there getting ready. He decides to have this bet. No, actually, he finds out that the 30 men figured out it, and he gets upset right there on the spot. He leaves on the wedding day to find who knows how long it took him to kill 30 men and strip them of their clothing and bring it back and give it to the guys that he lost the bet to. But then he leaves again. He leaves again. He leaves his wife on the altar, his future wife on the altar. He leaves her. And what does his father do? It was actually customary to do this. The father's like, look, I invited all these people. It's the day of best man. You want her? You can have her. It was actually common to do that, to give away. I mean, he had the party. It was already paid for. Might as well just go ahead and have the wedding. And so, you know, it's very embarrassing for the dad, but he just decides, you know what? We're going to make it happen. You can only imagine if Samson was upset already, how upset he's now, right? This hothead comes back and he's already in a bad mood because he lost the bet, had to kill all these people, right? A bet that, by the way, he should have never made, right? Can everybody say yes? And now he goes in a rage, he loses it. He loses it. And he went out and he's so mad at the Philistines that he went and he got 150 pairs of foxes. Now, my math is not that good, but if I times that by two, I think that's 300 foxes that he caught, tied their tails together, lit a torch, put it on the knot. I don't know how he did it. And he let 150 pairs of foxes just run wild on the crops and the fields of the Philistines. So essentially, he burned up all their food, all their food. Oh, you figured out my riddle? I'll get back at you. Kills the 30, his, you know, kills the 30 people, comes back, gives it to him. Oh, you took my wife? All right, I'm going to get back at you. What are the, it's like this vicious cycle. What do the Philistines do? 
Oh, really? You're going to do that? So what? they're super upset. This is a, a huge bad cycle. Furious people, right? Bad, bad, you're going to do this to me. I'm going to do this to you. So what do they do? They take the future wife that was supposed to be Samson, the one that got married, and they burn her. And the dad, they kill. They kill. That's what the scripture says. And so now you can imagine, this is the woman that he wanted, the woman that he loved. How upset is he now? I mean, you talk about it. He is upset. And we see this so many times in the scriptures in Samson's life. Emotionally driven, not spiritually led. And it cost us so much. Here's the challenge for many of us. Anger is our negative default emotion. For example, if someone, is, if someone embarrasses me, what do I want to do? I, or how do I feel? When someone embarrasses me, I don't necessarily feel embarrassed. I get angry. I get angry. Oh, you're just embarrassed? Okay, I'm going to show you. I'm going to get back at you. You shouldn't have done that to me, right? Life is as simple as, well, some of us, we, my son did this the other, yesterday, actually. He was going to sit down, and he hit his head on, the, on a seat, and he punched the seat. And I was like, he got that from me. I do that. I stub my toe on a chair, and what I do? I kick the chair, right? It's so easy. And so, so we turn back, and, and we do this kind of thing. And so think about this, though. Think about it for a moment. Think about it. What did Samson have to be angry about? What did he really have to be angry about? If you think about it, he was, he was trying to pursue this woman that was the wrong woman, right? He was the one who went after and pursued the wrong woman. He was the one who decided to marry her. He's the one who ignored his parents' advice. He's the one who taunted the Philistines by giving them this riddle. He's the one who gave the secret away. He's the one who left his wife on the altar. He's the one that, you know, to go kill the men and, and then, you know, burn the villages. He's the one that burns all these crops down. In other words, he's mad at the world. But who should he really be angry with? Himself. Himself. And that's where so many of us end up living. We're angry at the world. When in reality, we should be angry at ourselves. Does it sound familiar? So often, I mean, I, it could be anything. You know, I hate my boss. I hate my job. I hate the environment I'm in. I hate my boss. I, this is pointless. This job is, when in reality, maybe you're mad because you didn't finish college or you accepted a job that was way beneath you because, but you're mad at that, right? But it's a job you should have never accepted. You're mad at yourself and you're taking it out on someone else. Or my wife just won't meet my physical needs. She just won't meet my physical needs. I mean, she's just not meeting them. When in reality, you haven't met her emotional needs in months, and you should be held accountable for your actions. You know, I'm mad at God. I don't know why God lets me let this happen to me. I don't know why God brings this. I shouldn't be going through this. When the truth of the matter is, actually, I don't think you guys want the truth. I don't think you can handle the truth. You want the truth? The truth is that you are where you are because of your unwise decisions, and you're blaming it on God. And if that's you, let's just own it and say, yeah, that's me. That's me, because that's been me, I want to say, so many different times and in so many different seasons of my life, driven by the emotion of anger rather than being led by the Spirit. And be honest, be honest. If that's you, for so many of us, it is our anger. It's our outbursts 
that get us into trouble. We should be led by the Spirit. Instead, we're driven by the emotion of anger. I'm hopeful that some of us here today will say, you know what, as people of God, I just want to own up and say, you know what, that is me, and I really need God, and I really need His forgiveness. You know, that you could say to your friends, you know, I, hold me accountable. I don't want this. Would you pray for me? There may be some apologies that we may need to do that needs to take place. You know, the kids, your dad is not, has not treated you as well as he should have. I've blown up, and I shouldn't have. My apologies to your wife. You know, I, I've taken it out on you. My frustrations when it really is, my, I'm sorry, it's my fault. It's been really tough for me. You know what? But no excuses. Just listen. I disrespected you. Would you please forgive me? I want to be a faithful man. I want to be a, a faithful woman of God. I want to be led by the Spirit and not be emotionally driven. And then whenever someone comes to us and does that, what do we do? We don't just be like, yeah, that's right. You treated me so horrible. Yeah, right? No, no, no. We, in humility, we respond and we embrace them and receive them. And we don't take the jabs that we could or want to, or kick them when they're down. We love them towards God. We never tear them down. We embrace them. So the first problem is that Samson, he was burning with anger. The second thing, if you're taking notes, Samson was filled with pride. I know we talked about pride in week one. We're going to look at pride in week two from a different angle. So Samson was filled with pride. He's still dealing with his anger, and he goes out, and because of the strength that God has given him, look at what he does in verse 15. In verse 15, here's what he does. And this is all because of God's strength. Finding a fresh jawbone. Do you guys see that? Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he, excuse me, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. Now, when I read this, I think of like UFC on steroids <laughs> plus God, right? Like, a thousand men, that's a lot of people. He goes down and he kills. But here, look, look, what he, look what he does here. Under the power of God, yet he takes all the credit. All the credit should go to God, yet Samson, he does, he takes down a thousand men, and there's nothing impossible with God. And if God, he wants this done in his power, it gets done. But watch who tries to get the credit in verse 16. You guys are following me? After this God event, look what Samson says. With a donkey's jawbone, I've made a donkey of them. With a donkey's jawbone. What does he say? He said, what? Help me out. I, I have killed a thousand men. What do we see? We see a raw, direct case of a man's or a woman's worst kind of what? pride. You got it. Pride. Now, just so you know, he's being a smart aleck in this verse. You see where it says, I made a donkey out of them? In the Hebrew, that word is a lot more forceful than, it's not donkey. It's actually a really more raw word than donkey, but they're being nice in this translation, and so we'll go with it, but I don't want you to miss it. He's being, <laughs> say it. Okay, so that is why <laughs> He's so full of pride. Why is it that so many of us battle with pride? Look at me. Look what I did. Look how nice I look. How do you like me now? Am I strong now? Have I conquered enough? I mean, do you think I'm great, right? You think, don't you think I'm great? Uh, uh, pride is always born 
out of insecurities. Pride is always born from things that, we, that, that have broken us when we don't know who we are in Christ. Price, pride is the first emotion that will rise up to take us down. Scripture says that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Scripture says that pride comes before a fall. But for many of us, it's like, hey, look at me. Look what I've accomplished. Look how far I've gone. Didn't I do good, God? Don't I have worth, right? Based on what I've accomplished. And on the flip side of pride is equally as dangerous. It's, it, and it's like this. Hey, no, 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 I don't want to get all the credit. I don't want to get any credit, right? I, 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 you know, I, I, I don't ask for any help when I'm in need. I don't want you to know when I'm weak. That's the same pride, flipped, right? They won't ask for directions because they can't find themselves. They, they, they can't find, they're, it's, it, they're in a horrible place of need and they don't have the courage to tell anyone else that they're in need because they're too full of pride. Why is it that that's such a problem for us? It is because most of us, we want to be the main character in the story. So we want it to be all about us. We want to win. And when we win, we're proud. When we don't win, we're angry because we want to be in control. We want to be the main character in the story. But we are never the main character in the story. God is always the main character in the story. And when we understand that God is the main character in the story, then we won't be tempted to be driven by our emotions. And when we understand that God is the main character in the story, we'll be led by the Spirit. That's why the book of Galatians chapter 5, it says this, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your fleshly nature. Because your fleshly nature is in conflict with the Spirit, and the Spirit is in conflict with your fleshly nature. So, you do not do what you want. Somebody's having a good time in the back. If you are continually driven by emotions, you will end up just like Samson. You will end up just like Samson. Someone with divine potential who continues to self-destruct, but if instead you'll be put your emotions on the altar of God and sacrifice them and say, yes, I may feel them, but I won't be driven by them. I want to be led by the Spirit then God becomes the main character in your story. And suddenly, you're not living for the approval of other people. You're not living in pride, but you're living from the approval of God, and that changes everything. All of a sudden, you can be who God created you to be. And I just want you to know that I believe in all of you so very much. I believe that those of you who have surrendered your life to Christ, your hearts to Christ, there is potential for a spiritual greatness in you. I believe that. I believe it with all my heart. And it's not that difficult when we just recognize, yes, you know, I've been driven by these emotions, but I don't want to be. I don't want to be a man or a woman uh, that, that is driven by emotions. I want to be a man or a woman of integrity. I want to be a man or a woman of character. I want to be a man or a woman with spiritual strength. I want to love my spouse as Christ loved the church. I want to have integrity in all of the, the business dealings that I do. I want to be a man or a woman who imparts spiritual truth to the next generation. I want to be a man or a woman of God. The world has yet to see what God can do through you, whose heart 
is wholly surrendered to him. You could be that. And many of you right now, you're going to say, but I've blown it. I've blown it. I've, I've messed up so bad. I have passed the point of no return. I've messed up so big, so bad. You wouldn't even believe what I've done. There are so many of you right now that in your life there is a secret darkness that you worry about all the time. If they find out, if it gets uncovered, oh, my, my life is over as I know it. If other people, if my kids, they can never look at me the same again. Listen, if that's you right now, I've got great news for you. You're in need. And if you will acknowledge your need before a holy God, this could be the greatest day of your life. I'm telling you, it could be the greatest day of your life. And here's the final thought, and you can write this down. If you let your need drive you to God, God will meet your deepest need. If you let your deepest need drive you to God, your need, whatever it is, let it drive you to God, God will meet your deepest need. And that is powerful. If you let your need drive you to God, this is what Samson did. After he killed a thousand men, he was like, oh no, I am public enemy number one. I'm in big trouble. They're either gonna kill me or I'm gonna die of thirst out here in this desert. And this is, this is what he does. He lets his need drive him to God. Look at verse 18. Because he was very thirsty, he cried out to the Lord. Now, no longer is he full of pride. Now he's humble, and he says, you, talking to God, you have given your servant this great victory. Now he realizes, must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? Look at verse 19. And then God opened up the hollow place in Lehi. This is a miracle, you guys. God is the main character in this story. Water came out where there wasn't supposed to be water, and Samson drank. So what happened? Samson drank, let's read it together. And what happened? His strength returned and he revived. When you return to God, you guys, your strength will return. But not just your strength, God's strength. Because if you're strong, it's, it's God's strength in our weakness, right? And so you will be revived. In other words, guess what? You come back to life. You can be who you were created, who God created you to be. You can make a difference. You can be a leader. You can live righteously. You can be a man or a woman of integrity. When you let your need drive you to God, he can meet your deepest need. And when Samson returned, God gave him water. And his strength returned, and he was revived. And the good news is today, if you will have integrity and be honest and say, we have been driven by our emotions of anger and of pride or whatever it is, whatever it is for you. But today you're saying, but I want to be led by the Spirit of God. If you allow your deepest need drive you to God, lead you to God, He will meet your deepest need. And you can do everything that God wants you to do for His glory and His name's sake. The world has yet to see what God can do through one who is wholly surrendered to him. You can be that today. Would you bow your heads and let me pray for you? Yes. Father, I pray that your spirit would stir within the hearts of men and women today. That you would cause us to rise up to live with hearts after you. Empowered by your spirit strengthened by your word, 
And as you're praying right now, both men and women, many of you will realize, you know what, I am driven by my emotions and I want to be led by the Spirit. I'm driven by my emotion of anger and I'm driven by my emotion of pride and I want to confess that before God. I need His help. I want to be different. I want to be led by the Spirit so I do not gratify the desires of the flesh. I want to live to honor Him. Men and women of all different ages, you'd say, I really am. I am more emotionally driven, and I want to be more spirit-led. If that is you today, I'm just going to invite you to stand with me. I want to pray for you. Just stand with me right now. If that's your prayer, and as you're, as you're standing, you're just doing this to honor God, saying, God, yes, you're speaking to me right now. And I'm going to pray. Father, I pray for those standing right now that you would hear our prayers. God, we just confess our sinfulness to you our anger, and our pride. And God, we ask that you would forgive us. And by faith, we just, we put those emotions on your altar. 